Hello, you're listening to the Mag Culture podcast recorded right here in the Mag Culture shop, Clerkenwell, London. I'm Jeremy Leslie. And I'm Liv Siddall. Hello and welcome to the Mag Culture podcast. I'm Jeremy Leslie and I'm here with Liv Siddall. Hello. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> uh, we've been planning this for a while. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's difficult to know exactly what we're going to be doing, but we're going to, we're diving into this podcast. We want to be looking at the, uh, the culture of magazines a bit more close up. It's tricky though, because magazines is, we love reading them, but we look at them, we need to see them, but we're not going to be seeing them. Yeah. It's um, a hard one, isn't it? Because it's just difficult to talk about something that's so visual, but I think it's worth doing. We've had a lot of conversations about what mm. a magazine podcast should be. And yeah, I just think it's time to actually just get in and make one without uh, worrying too much because there's a lot to talk about. So listen up, because we're gonna we're, you're gonna help us find out what this podcast is going to be. Um, so we're we're sat here in the Mag Culture Shop, so there will be some noises in the background. Um, what we're we going to be looking at today? Well, first up, well, the podcast in general is going to be us talking through magazine-related news because Jeremy Leslie uh, is probably the most knowledgeable person in the. <laughs> world on magazines so each week we're going to be look at, looking at um the news of the magazine world and great magazines that are being published and looking back at some old magazines and also talking to people who actually spend their time making them but in this episode we're just going to talk about some general news starting off with holiday reading when you're going on holiday yes yeah. <laughs> well it's, 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 it's august it's a quiet time um it's quite very quiet in london certainly uh, and it's quiet on the mag culture journal but we've been doing some interviews with various travel magazine people to try and fill the time uh, ask them what they read on holiday and you've just been on holiday uh, well if you can call a weekend in rainy dorset holiday then yeah I well, went to a, stay in a, a weekend away a weekend away yeah and i think uh sometimes when you go on holiday sometimes taking books is a bit too much especially mm-hmm. for like a three-day holiday so i like just to pick up magazines and take them with me um and so what were you looking at the weekend well this weekend my favorite part of the weekend is when I go to the shop and I buy the big floppy parcel that is the Guardian Weekend, big, you know, that big heavy thing yeah. that you take to the pub with you. All the different parts, all the supplements, the pieces. Yeah, and I go and sit in a cafe or a pub and just read the whole thing and it's lovely. And then that sort of, I have the rest of it in my bag for the coming weeks that I kind of dip into every now and again when I'm on the bus. But this weekend... And what did you find this weekend? Well, very exciting. Um, this weekend, the whole weekend magazine was taken over by Galdem, which is a South East London collective and online magazine and they basically filled the weekend magazine with writers uh writers of color which is doesn't sound too odd but actually when you when you pick it up and look at it it it, it mm-hmm. strikes you as being this this crazy thing because it shows you how white it normally is mm-hmm. and it's just mad and it's just fantastic content uh the magazine has been all over instagram this week with so many people just being so bowled over by it and sharing it with others and it's got this fantastic cover bright pink uh, with a beautiful and joyous portrait of actor Michaela Cole uh, on the front and she's smiling and it's just fantastic. And the features inside include the meaning of Beyonce, the truth about DNA ancestry, my hunt for a woke man, uh, young activist, Diane Abbott's secret snacks and travel tips for women of colour, among other things. So as you can just tell, it's just it's already different to normal weekend magazine. It's already exciting. It's just this joyous celebration of people of colour. And it's 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 just really, really great. I just want to pick pick up on what you're saying there, take you back to the point. Because when, when I first flicked through it, it was extraordinary seeing so many people of colour represented in a magazine. It made you realise how white most magazines are with, it, yeah. with the byline pictures, the portraits, the fashion. Yeah, it, it, it is just, it, it, you know, when I picked it up and started reading it, I was just filled with this feeling of 
just joy like this is so important and this is so relevant and it's so like thank goodness someone had this idea to do this because it just it's a strange feeling it's just so loaded with so many different feelings when you read through it and it's just fantastic in the editor's letter at the beginning it's actually um misha fraser carroll who's the arts and culture editor she writes a kind of like a letter at the, at the beginning of the magazine and at the end of it um she says we also urge you our readers to think about how you can support marginalized voices whether it's through platforms you occupy or whether where you put your money enjoy this weekend magazine but think about what and who, who you'll be reading on monday mm -hmm. so it's kind of saying like look this yeah. is this is a one-off but maybe have a think about you know how you can take this forward as well if you do feel strongly about it how mm -hmm. you can kind of you know well, one uh, on that note one thing to highlight is that the new print edition of galdem will be published on the 29th of september excellent they have their own magazine that they publish uh, annually um the other thing i'd like to just take up on on on, on this subject is i think it's fantastic to see a small collective project like Galdem contributing and participating in such a big mainstream project as the Guardian Weekend. And I think that's a great cross-pollination. It'd be great to see more of that generally. Elsewhere on holiday reading, I wanted to ask you, Jeremy, mm -hmm. if you were going to go away. I'm not sure if you are or not. Are you? I'm going I'm going holiday. Excellent. A well, a holiday read has to be, a holiday magazine read has to be something that you're going to read by the pool. So it's going to have to get covered in chlorine and it's going to get sort of sun damaged and probably fall apart. Uh, at some stage so what would, what magazine well, would you take that's kind of easy to read and quite durable well to where, last where i'm going I mean, yes i will be um by a pool and so that does count out a lot of magazines because to me they're too important to leave sat in a pool of chlorine somewhere um there's one magazine that particularly at the moment i'm looking forward to investigating um, more deeply and i will take with me even if i have to keep it in my bag i will i don't know how, i don't know how i protect it um <laughs> But, uh, it's, and that's a new magazine from Beirut called A Dance Magazine, which is uh, a great, uh, promises to be a great read. I've read a couple of the features. It is about dance, but it's about the sort of, um, it's about the power of dance to, to cause change and to change your outlook. And this, this particular one is to do with transcendence and it's uh, dealing with a lot of issues uh, of the mind as well as the body. And I'm really looking forward to digging deep into it. It's a lovely format. It comes from one of the people involved did The Outpost. Which oh, yeah. is another magazine from Beirut. So I'm looking forward to that. But the other thing is uh, where I'm going is um, it has it, the the the, uh, the location I'm going to has links with the Face magazine, and they have a complete bound set of the Face magazine from year dot to the, the in final. your villa. Yeah, uh, in the um, uh, apartment place we're going. Yeah, yeah. Wow, every uh, single issue of the Face. Yes. So <gasps> I will be looking through some of those, and I hope digging out some. Some great stuff and maybe some amusing stuff from the 80s and 90s that was perhaps best brushed under the carpet. That sounds Pull great. it all out and have a look at it. Um, God, I don't, I don't think if I had that in my villa, I wouldn't leave the apartment. I would just stay inside reading all the time. And don't take any of issues by the swimming pool. I mean, don't. No, don't no, 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 no. Uh, maybe you could, you could bring your findings for next episode or something. I will try. Yeah. I, I, well, I'll see what we find. See what I find. Excellent. So if you do want any more holiday recommendations, um, do check out the Mag Culture site where there are some more features about holiday makers and what to put in your suitcase and a fantastic interview with Andy Morris, who's the editor of BA High Life mm -hmm. on his holiday reads, uh, which is great. And so join us in part two of the podcast in which we'll be chatting about the magazine exhibition at Somerset House, which is called Print, Tearing It Up. And we'll be talking about the Stack Awards 2018 and the Riposte All Dayer. Highly regarded London printers Park Communications are a key part of the independent publishing scene, helping indie mags go from desktop promise to a printed reality. Over the past year, they've produced over 90 indie mags with a huge range of print runs. 
Park offer a wide range of services to make your magazine stand out in a shop like MagCulture. Check out the latest issue of The Plant and you'll see how Park are able to emboss a logo onto your magazine's front cover to add a little bit of drama to the design. Just like MagCulture, Park love magazines and we're so proud to have them sponsor this podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Mag Culture podcast. Um, in this section, first up, I'm going to be talking about what I'm doing later today, which is finally going to visit the print tearing it up show at Somerset House. Just two months late. Uh, actually it's got to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> it closes in a few days and um, I just can't wait to go and see it because it's this amazing exhibition created by Paul Gorman and, um, and Claire Catterall. And Claire Catterall. And yeah, it's just full of the best magazines in the world. Um, and so as someone who has been to the exhibition jeremy why is it important that everyone squeezes in a visit last minute like me and yeah what, what yeah. do i have in store for me well later? i think it's, it's a really important exhibition it's something uh that sort of acknowledges the role of independent publishing uh, independent magazines over the last 50 years in this country uh it's it's limited in some ways in, in that it is just the british scene but it does it, it puts everything that we love and and respect and and, and they get excited about in, in in today's independent scene into the into perspective in terms of the history and it, and it allows you to look back yeah um so it's a very important exhibition really good to, going to see it and people listening must try and get to see it if you're in london over the next few days the highlights for me that kind of give you an example of of, of, of looking back were um copies from the 60s of, of uh it friends uh oz uh one of which uh, was the school kids issue which had um an, I, I picked out there was a photograph of uh, Diane Sujic, the director of the Design Museum, who was there as a school kid in in, in that issue of Oz. Which I for anyone was, that doesn't know about that issue of Oz, can you just explain why that issue was so important? Oh, to the well, world well of it magazines? was it was controversial at the time because it was uh, Oz was a very ca- um, counterculture sixties uh, magazine that uh, they put out a, a call for school kids to be involved, and whilst the the actual content was then largely directed by the editors at the time. The, the fact that school kids were involved um, just sort of blew, blew the whole project out, out of all kind of news proportion. And there was a huge court case around getting school kids involved with this magazine that had sex and drugs and uh, yeah, free thought. I've I mean, seen it's, it. It's pretty mad. It is. It is. It's like jailbait of the week. Yeah, and it's, yeah. like a, it's like a 14-year-old girl lying in a meadow. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy that that was put out. But didn't the editor then get sent to jail for a yeah, bit? Yes, so, no, there's a huge, there's a huge court yeah. case. And, 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 and so it was a very controversial issue. So it's fasc- fascinating seeing some of these things and seeing some of the effect that, 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 that publishing small magazines could have. Mm. Um, and it comes all the way up to the current day. There's there's a, a, a great uh, map on the wall, a sort of diagram that, that links together all the magazines. Um, I guess if you know, in my heart of hearts, there's one or two things that might. I mean, from from a designer's perspective, I don't think the the design side was highlighted enough. I don't think enough credit was given to the art directors and designers concerned, with one or two exceptions. Um, so, but you can't have everything. I think it's just great to have 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 a this exposition that puts everything that we do into context so yeah. well well worth a visit and some great podcasts associated with that as well yeah fantastic so um, enjoy it yeah i am <laughs> going to enjoy it. i can't wait but i think i i think i haven't got long enough i feel like i don't know how long you should spend in that exhibition what do you reckon like a couple of hours is it big uh it, it, it is big but the, um i mean i i guess that's i mean leads on to what i mean it's inevitably and i've, I've been involved in, in exhibiting magazines you want to be able to pick up every single copy of every yeah. single magazine and flick through in which case you could spend a whole day there yeah such as the volume of stuff but the reality is most of it is under glass or just one spread showing or because they can't you mm-hmm. know they, these are very very valuable artifacts now so they, they can't be 
available for you to flick through and touch. So, but you need you need a good two hours to get the most out of it. I think. And when you left the exhibition, did you did you feel uh, uplifted or did you? I mean, because sometimes when I see loads of magazines, I feel like <laughs> if I see a massive collection of magazines, sometimes I feel guilt for not having made <laughs> my own. Well, I did yeah, make one yeah, for a yeah. company, but my own one. And I also feel like there's too much for me to read. I feel a bit claustrophobic by the amount I have to still explore. And I also feel a bit like, I, I feel like the weight of all that collective combined effort to make those things, because mm -hmm. they're so difficult to make. And there's so many in the world and it's sometimes just a bit overwhelming. What was the sensation you had when you left? Well, perhaps that's why it's just as well you can't flick through them. <laughs> I mean, you do, in that sense, there is a kind of bit of a surface ride through it. And so you do yeah. get given some space. Um, do you think there should be one uh, massive museum somewhere in the UK where it's just about magazines? Uh, I think I think there can't be enough of uh, sort of archiving and protection of the, of, of the magazines from from all aspects of all areas of publishing, whether it's small independent magazines or mainstream. There's various places have collections. It would be fantastic if there were a sort of the equivalent of um, the British Library. I mean, there is the V and A Library. Mm -hmm. They have a pretty strong collection of magazines through, through from uh, the, this country the other thing is of course you've got all the international magazines and that's when it gets really crazy because then it's just the volume kind of goes up exponentially um but yeah but i'd love to see a, a, a proper museum and there's various ideas for that always being mooted i know there's an idea to do one in edinburgh um uh and there's people i mean there's people with huge collections there's the hyman archive mm. there's a guy um horst um mosa in yeah. in munich uh, it's got a huge collection and, um, you know, there's something to be done with all those. Uh, but perhaps James Hyman's got the best angle in terms of having the collection, but wanting to digitise it all and make it searchable. Yeah. So it becomes a proper resource that you can use and use efficiently. It's quite the undertaking. It's a huge undertaking. And there's 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 lots happening with James Hyman, which we can re revisit in the in the near future. I Definitely. Hope. So well done to Paul Gorman and Claire Catterall yeah. for making such a great exhibition that I haven't seen yet. But enjoy, from what enjoy everyone the show. said, it's just it's just great. And yes, please go if you can. It shuts on and the twenty second of August, it's free. and it's free. Mm. Hardly anything in London's free. Um, so enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> Next up, we want to talk about the Stack Awards. Woo! Uh, always a good subject. Uh, awards. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know what the Stack Awards are, do you want to explain? Because you've been involved uh, for quite a few well, years. Well, I've been involved. They've, they've been run for four years. I've been a judge uh, of the Magazine of the Year uh, each time, uh, which gives me access to some of the best mag uh, independent magazines out there. Uh, they have uh, a few categories, the regular ones, illustration, art direction, editor, etc. And they, they're a celebration of independent magazines. Yeah. You know, um, but it's, you know, what's different is it's, it's part of the independent scene and it's part, there's a different vibe to the kind of awards evening and the whole event it's much more collegiate it's much more supportive and i think everybody somebody has to win but i think mm. everybody's there to have a good time and celebrate and yeah it's not a horrible competitive thing where people are sort of jumping over each other to win it's just yeah. a, it's just a really good celebration of people working yeah. really hard and there's a really good category the student magazine which yes. is um which is great because it just kind of reveals students making magazines that you wouldn't have known about otherwise yeah. and it, yeah. yeah it's just fantastic and great judges this year things about fiction uh, illustration art direction editor which is cool because sometimes magazines get put in the press, but you don't get to hear about the people who actually work on them. Mm -hmm. So when you do hear about best yeah. art director, it, it sort of brings them into the limelight for a minute and then they can get back into the shadows afterwards <laughs> to get back to work. <laughs> who are some of the previous winners of some of the awards at Stack Magazines that you've thought are really, really fantastic? Well, as I say, I mean, I've, I've been judging Magazine of the Year. And so you get to see, um, it's fascinating seeing a table full of entries that, 
that all many of which could easily win that um, title uh, and, and it's fascinating comparing and contrasting and seeing them in a different light you know it's, it's, or we're always looking at magazines I'm always looking at magazines here at my culture and it's great to see them in this sort of a different order with a different perspective mm. uh, but there's been you know, there's been great winners there's um, I think M uh, McGuffin a couple of years ago was a very very justified and yeah, proper winner definitely uh, I was I was thrilled to see Buffalo Zine win last year because that's yeah. just and, and 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 in a way those two magazines I think although McGuffin and the team that make it have a have a a great deal of arch humour to what they do. Essentially, what they do is is very serious and research orientated, and very, um, uh, you know, it, it's serious. It's a serious yeah. proposition. Whereas Buffalo Zine has its serious side, but also just has its throwaway crazy side, where they change the whole format every time, and it's great fun. And I think part of the joy of Stack Awards is that you just you can highlight all these different magazines that are so different and just remind you of, of, of the difference within different types of magazines. Yeah, and also it's quite cool, isn't it? Like, you know, when you see a radio presenter in the flesh, you're like, whoa. It's <laughs> funny when you see... I didn't know what the people who made Buffalo Zine... I didn't even know if they were male or female like, mm -hmm. or anything. And then you see them come off on the stage and you're like, oh... It's, it kind of makes them real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rather than, I don't know what else I imagine they would be, but it's just, it's the real people behind these amazing magazines that sort of come out of the shadows to, yeah, to accept the award. And that's what's yes, really yeah, great about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to be great. So if you want to enter your magazine, you have until Friday the 28th of September to get in there. Definitely recommend entering. Absolutely. Maybe you'll win. Um, okay, so quickly on to the next bit of news. We wanted to talk a little bit about some events that have been surrounding magazines mm -hmm. recently. Uh, a few weeks ago was the Repost magazine All Daya, which was uh, an excellent way of showing that a magazine is just a kind of small part of what of what mm -hmm. Repost has, has become. It was a day of panels, discussions, talks, workshops. There's a marketplace stuff to buy. It was just a really great collection of women all coming together to talk about essentially kind of pulling out features from the magazine and turning them into panels and, and conversations yeah. but that's it was kind of I, making a magazine real life and i think a lot of magazines at the moment are, are doing I think, that i think it's, it's a really interesting thing that's going on um there's uh, magazines have always been involved in events of, of one sort or another but i think we're seeing more of these kind of um almost brands like like repost sort of launching into an event which appeals to their readers and, and, and the readers know they can come along and meet fellow readers and it's a kind of becomes yeah. like a, a like being part Almost of a club, a club. Yeah, yeah, which is what a magazine is. And it, uh, I think in today's context, where so much um, interaction and contact is is uh, virtual, I think it's great to get into a room with fellow-minded people and, and and share experiences. Yeah, it feels great. It felt really, really, really fun to be in a room for all these people who just want to be part of this magazine. It'd be the same if it was like, I mean, in my dream, it would be sort of like a, a viz. <laughs> one day event <laughs> or like a pri imagine like a private eye event I, I feel think, like coming together with people that you know have shared interest I, is just so fun I think a Viz event might be a bit scary maybe a bit um, too much but you mentioned that Courier were but Courier have got a... big so so I mean that was a, a few weeks back the reposted there and I'm sure they'll be doing, doing another one in the future but uh, Courier have got Courier Live weekend uh, coming up uh, in London at East India Docks uh, 28th 29th September where they promise an, a similar kind of a marketplace uh, a, a lot of kind of the, the 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 new businesses and startups that they champion and report on will be present, either to sharing advice on, on panels, uh, or, or selling their goods, selling their services. Um, so that promises to be. I think Courier is a very interesting magazine. It's well worth watching in terms of how they're growing. Yeah, for um, sure. Certainly, and they, and they started off as a free magazine, and they've now gone into a paid for model, and they seem to be um, 
really growing very successfully. Yeah, so definitely. It's a fantastic magazine. Yeah. And then obviously, most importantly, coming up, well, Modmag. Modmag. sort of coming up, November. So yeah. it's quite soon. Well, it's coming up in the sense that we uh, the tickets are on sale. We've got the first names and... There's the if you want to get your early bird ticket and save a bit of money, you've got till August the thirty first to do yeah. so. So that's a couple of weeks. How many for anyone that is, is listening who doesn't know what Mod Mag is? Mod Mag is Jeremy's uh, annual symposium all about magazines, which happens in London and also New York as of now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, what number Mod Mag is it? Is it six? It's well, we, we did do the first one in New York earlier this year, so that was that. So it's the, but this is the sixth one in London. So Great. it's now quite established and. Sort of part of the scene, I hope. Um, it's a great day. Who have uh, you got lined up to speak at Mod well, Mag? Six? Well, we've got you co-presenting as ever. I'm just, the, I'm yeah. always just the host, but that's that's not. Um... Um, well, uh, but <laughs> there's so so we've we've released the first name. So we've we've got um, uh, Emmett Smith, who's the creative director of uh, National Geographic. Who Ooh, that's going to be good. Which is going to be interesting because they've just uh, done done a huge relaunch and a huge redesign and. Re- after quite a long time of really kind of investing in, in digital, they, they put their money back into print and they're really growing that. Uh, we have uh, the creative director of LUK, Tom Meredith, mm. is going to be talking. Uh, he, he, he's just um, been, he, he won Designer of the Year at the big PPA Awards in London. I'm looking very much looking forward to hearing from him and followed his career for some time. So there's two, so some of the bigger magazine names. Then on the, at the other end from, from, from our indie heart, We've got uh, Carol Montpart from um, The Plant. Oh, great. Always, which, um, she did a fantastic talk here at the shop a couple of months back. Uh, and then Dan Sanderson, one of the founders of Mundial, the football magazine. So that, that's the first four names. And um, they're going to be announcing more over the, the next few days. There's one particular thing I'm very excited about, but I can't say. So, oh, that's exciting. But anyway, get, um, get, get in and get your early birds on that. Yeah, so hearing um, people talk about magazines can be fun, can't it, Jeremy? Absolutely, always. <laughs> always can never get enough of that. <laughs> At least when you go and see a talk, there's pictures as well. But hopefully yes. for our podcast, no one's going to mind that there's no, there's no actual visuals to go along with I, it. I think, I think, I think we're rambling. painting pictures in the air, Liv, aren't we? <laughs> in a way, yeah. Okay, so in our very, very quick last feature of the podcast, which we're going to do every episode, uh, we're going to, it's called The Back Issue. And it's going to be us delving through Jeremy's lovely alphabetized shelves to pick out um, a fantastic magazine from the days of yore. And yeah, what have you got this week, Jeremy? Uh, well, we, we flicked through the shelves to, to the end section and <laughs> pulled out Nest magazine um, for several reasons. Well, well, first of all, it's a great magazine, but also we mentioned uh, Mod Mag New York. There, This turned up in several people's talks. Uh, there, um, Omar from Apartamento and Kirsten from McGuffin both referred to this magazine. In case you don't know, it was published from New York by a guy called Joseph Holster during the um, during the 90s, and it's an extraordinary piece of publishing. It's an interiors magazine, but it's so away from 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 the then prevailing kind of wallpaper minimalist style of of, of interiors, and it was a complete celebration of of the kind of uh, vernacular and the over the top and the multiple patterns and multiple colours uh, and and the magazine the bet that the, the key thing to it I mean the editorial content and photography was very important but the, perhaps the key thing as a magazine was the way that the the printed object itself took on that form both in terms of the art direction design and the pattern making but also in terms of the flamboyance of 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 of, of uh, wavy page edges die cut holes throughout the issue uh, all sorts of strange um uh, inserts and fold outs and stuff it was a really flamboyant piece of publishing and and, and sh- sh- should be better recognized than i think it perhaps is so we encourage you 
can't show it to you, but I encourage you to, to, to have a little Google and, and, and see what you can find online. Perhaps it pick is, up some copies on eBay. Yeah, it is decadent. I mean, all the things decadent that you would, you would word, want yes, to do with yeah, a magazine, yeah. like let's die cut the edges or let's just go and do this feature on this crazy place really far away with someone really expensive. It's just, they, there's no, they haven't cut any corners. It's just complete, fantastic decadence the whole way yeah. through. If you want to look at anything that kind of counteracts design of today as well. I mean, this is perfect yeah. because it's just... I think it's as far away from minimal as you could possibly get. It's just yeah, very, yeah. Um, and exciting. also, you know, I think the, it's, it's the other important thing about it is that it was part of that generation of, of early kind of independent magazines re-examining traditional genres. In this case, uh, interiors and sort of reinventing them. And I think it's part of the, it's definitely a uh, sort of precursor to so many of the magazines we see today. Yeah, for sure. So if you want to go and get something off eBay, recommend a copy of Nest because it really yeah. is. Yeah, truly remarkable. So that's the end of our first podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. I think we did it. Yeah, I think we did it. So join us in the next episode where we're going to talk more about magazines and get in touch if you think we're shit or we're good, whatever, really. Let us know. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Mag Culture Podcast. Please show your support and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Thank you.